Hello, welcome to Procurement Innovation Podcast, brought to you by GoProcure. I'm your host, Raj Verma. We're excited to relaunch and rebrand our weekly podcast, where I will be interviewing thought leaders from procurement, finance, technology, diversity, and all other business segments. There will be leaders from corporate America, mid-market, nonprofits, and suppliers. And quite honestly, I think I'm kind of defining our first guest, who has had a background in the technology sourcing space, years of experience in corporate America, consulting, and startups. You can hear him weekly on Procurement Foundry events or even Clubhouse. Please welcome Jamie Martino. Thank you, Raj. It's a pleasure to get together with our friends at uh, GoProcure and uh, talk about the latest in technology sourcing and um, how to help people save some money and move the needle on their goals. Yeah, so tell me how, you know, it wasn't a couple of years ago that, you know, this procurement foundry was uh, just an idea up there in the clouds and clubhouse just came about the last month. So how have you penetrated so quickly and built this entire large ecosystem of uh, technology experts? Well, I think it first started with my mother's ability to give me a great gift of gab. Um, and then from there, the, <laughs> the rest of the pieces uh, came into place. But no, honestly, um, you know, Mike Kaji and, and the group over at Procurement Foundry has been doing an amazing job really disrupting the entire uh, industry of procurement professionals and how they collaborate and, and integrate uh, with each other. Um, so I got involved with Procurement Foundry probably a little over a year ago as it was uh, as emerging. I think we were about a thousand members at that point in time. And uh, today, I think over 4,500 last time I checked. And of that, 1,600 folks are identifying themselves as IT or technology sourcing leaders. And um, really spent spent some time, really, I had come from that background, a little innovative background, and, and most recently had been running global IT sourcing and procurement for a major Fortune 500 manufacturing firm, about 50,000 person firm, about 300 plus million dollars in spend and um, got involved with the, with the community there and ended up getting the opportunity to lead some of the weekly discussions that take place, one inside the procurement foundry in a, in a venue we call Squad Up, which is just, you know, we'll have like 10, 15, small group of buy-side professionals from some of the major corporations in the world uh, just, you know, collaborating, asking questions, comparing notes, looking at best processes and standard work. And um, and then more recently, this application called Clubhouse has really blossomed. And uh, we got involved with that and where the procurement foundry roundtables are really associated with buy-side professionals only, the Clubhouse venue allows us to open up the venue to uh, sales, product development, engineering, technologists, um, and even folks that are just just looking to learn and and grow from other areas of procurement or or other businesses altogether, uh, and even academia. So uh, we've been uh, running those shows for a few weeks now, and uh, we're just getting a great turnout there, and we've been able to bring on some amazing guests um, from the CIO of um, Spectrum uh, was on our first show, and then uh, we had a claimed author and mentor, Joe Topinka, on the second show, who, who wrote CIA Mentor. And uh, then most recently, we had one today, and we had the supplier diversity leader for 
uh, Shell Oil on. So real real top uh, leaders in their field on there. And and then we have a full panel of folks who are just integra- integrating and talking with each other, including yourself, Raj. So glad to have you. Glad that you're participating in that. No, it, you know, I think one of the interesting things I find in this pandemic remote world we're living in, I think that the Procurement Foundry and Clubhouse uh, you know, are disruptors and we're accelerated by an environment where everybody's virtual, right? You know, I think if we were all still in that place where we're traveling all over the place and going into the physical office on a day-to-day basis, who knows how the how long it may have taken these things to mature. I think they would have gotten it. So, you, you know, you've had the opportunity of talking to a lot of people in these squad-ups, specifically a lot of your peers and corporate. What are you seeing and what are you hearing in terms of some of the key areas in terms of innovation within the tech sourcing community and uh, key cost savings initiatives that you're seeing and hearing today? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think most, um, first of all, you're seeing a couple of things. You're seeing that the IT and technology sourcing function in many corporations has moved or is moving into the uh, strategic procurement organization um, under the CPO. Um, and, and the CIO and the IT and the engineering organizations, the CTO, are kind of customers of that department. Um, so I think that's, that's allowing uh, the benefits of st- strategic sourcing and the scientific sourcing strategies to be applied within the IT, IT and technology space. So we're seeing that move. We're seeing digital transformation take place. And this is, this is around the processes that take place in order to actually source and procure and we're seeing the the rise of um, you know e procurement systems like Ariba, um, full P to uh, P programs like or source to pay programs like Coupa, um, and some of these uh, different platforms that are allowing procurement and sourcing leaders to gather more data, have more analytics available to them, and to be able to take on sourcing projects in a way where information is power, power is leverage, leverage leads to reduced um, cost for the firm. It makes sense. And I know that, you know, we were miss, we're talking about procurement foundry. We've been talking about clubhouse and ways that you're participating in helping us get the message out. But I know, you know, recently you had a lot, most of your experience was in corporate America. And I know you've been a part of some startups, and I know you left a, a company in Ingersoll Rand just recently to help drive a diversity technology firm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the firm that you're currently supporting and it's IT diversity so we can get a better lens on what you guys are doing. Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Raj. Yeah. So it's itdiversity.net on the web if you want to take a look uh, there. And we are uh, really it's a passion that uh, my wife and I have had in that we're looking to see greater um, participation within the STEM uh, sciences and within the technology job sector um, and and business sector uh, from uh, woman minority-owned business enterprises and diverse enterprises overall. And one of the things that, as a global sourcing leader um, at a Fortune 500, what I saw is just how challenging it is to gross any significant level of diversity spend, particularly in the IT and tech space. Um, and uh, we were able to grow it. We we're able to, to, to add savings as well. 
but at the same time was a bit frustrated with with what the marketplace had and a lot of it has to do with so much of your spend within that space is with large publicly traded uh, companies that it's very difficult to groom and develop vendors and then as you do develop vendors the capital intensity of businesses within that space um, also becomes a challenge for small business enterprises to be able to invest keep up and or remain independent or minority owned as they begin to um, have success and begin to take in money from either private capital, private equity or venture capital, or even um, uh, any type of debt investments, or they get, they get gobbled up and, and acquired by other firms. So within that space, you know, most companies are running at somewhere between two and 5% of total spend as a diverse. And I think we, at IT Diversity, we said, hey, let's go see if we can tackle that issue and we can partner with enterprise category leaders and IT leaders to move the needle on uh, diversity spend and choice of diversity suppliers. And at the same time, let's make sure that we're, we're executing in a way that is not just equal to, but superior to existing suppliers and being able to drive significant savings to the bottom line for those corporations by working with a diverse supplier. No, I, that makes a lot of sense. That's the, you know, you and I have talked about this in different venues and that is definitely a place where over the course of the next six, 12, 18 months, you know, broadly corporates are, are heading even more aggressively than the past. And, you know, quite honestly at 50,000 feet, the demographics of the entire country are changing uh, very, you know, exp- at, at an exponential rate. And, you know, companies realize that their own customers um, experience is also best served by a similar supply base, right? So if that doesn't happen, their top line growth is as well as their bottom line growth, bottom line uh, issues that they face are not going to happen. So I, I commend you on jumping in there and helping tackle a very important space that, uh, you know, we've been in procurement for a very long time that we get our hands around. So, you know, in terms of the offerings, you know, you and I would both talk that, you know, right before the pandemic, there are certain things that CPOs and other CIOs were dealing with in terms of challenges. And now we've moved into a remote, uh, decentralized workforce. And, you know, and ironically, that's kind of an area where you you have some very amazing offerings that help drive out cost for organizations. Why don't you share with our audience, you know, what you guys are doing to address those challenges from a remote uh, telecom perspective? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that a lot of um, IT and, and category leaders are looking at their spend and they're determining um, what areas of their spend are most strategic and are things that they want to be heavily involved with on the procurement and sourcing of throughout the process. Uh, And I would say those are things like getting your security services, platforms and cloud services correct and getting them fortified uh, so you don't have a breach. And then they're looking at things that are more transactional based. And these are things like managing your employee devices, your mobile phones, your laptops, um, uh, any type of 
hardware or software that you're providing to your end user work workers within the organization. And what you start to find in that area is that specialization uh, has great amount of benefits and utilizing analytics platforms and software and technology to apply to that spend can yield significant savings. So one of the services that we offer at IT Diversity is the ability to manage uh, your corporate liable mobile uh, fleet of phones and devices. And we like to start engagements with that. And one of the reasons we like to do it is because we have been able to generate between 20 and 30% savings within that spend in a very quick time frame. Um, and to do so in a way that is does not require a lot of time and effort on the basis of a very busy um, IT and, and sourcing organization and can get a, a huge win for the program. So we typically start with something in the wireless management services space. And then from there, uh, grow into uh, helping with IoT application deployments. And, and then we also look to the network side of it, the wireline side of it. And for several firms, we are serving kind of as their last mile broadband connectivity desk where we can, they can come to us with a need to a location for either broadband or internet access or SD-WAN. And we're able to tap over 200 suppliers to be able to find a solution for that specific piece of geography and to do it through IT diversity, uh, P&L, therefore um, allowing consolidation of what's a very uh this, I would say, fragmented marketplace uh, out there. So those are big ones. And then the third thing that we're doing, doing effectively, is we have a, um, a bullpen of some of the best subject matter experts in the business around IT services, and whether it's security space, or we're doing things on zero trust networks, we're working in um, the SD-WAN space extensively. And what we can do is we can, we partner with the category leaders and the IT teams to bring these subject matter experts into the conversation, allow them to provide a full overview of what a marketplace looks like, uh, review with them uh, some of the, the data that's out there, whether it's Gardner or Forrester or data that we've developed internally, and then uh, help align the company's needs with the particular vendors and solutions that are in that marketplace, and then connect the buyer and the seller together for conversation uh, that can be ultimately contracted either directly between the buyer and the supplier or can be contracted through IT diversity, uh, depending on the needs of the business. Well, you, and how do you see, you know, where we're headed over the next, you know, as you're well aware, we're getting close to that time where I think companies are going to start thinking about going back to work or, and some are going to still stay in this remote work. How does that change the approach that you guys are going to take? Because, you know, as some companies get, you know, phased with partially onboarding, not onboarding, it's going to be a, something we've never seen before, you know, a, a full swath of people going back 
and then having to, you know, kind of change their whole infrastructure and telecom and how they're going to manage that. Have you guys come up with a game plan? Yeah, absolutely. You know, actually wrote an article up around this subject uh, back in, when the pandemic originally hit. And I think what you find is any type of IT spend that is centric to the employee or individual employees, that that spend uh, is going to change as the needs of the employee change. And when the workplace, the physical location of the workplace is changing, the needs of the employee changes, the usage of the employee changes, and therefore the, the appropriateness of the spend and the alignment of the spend with the usage uh, will also change. Now, if you are not professionally managing that, uh, those investments you're making on a per-employee basis and you have dynamic change in patterns uh, and that could be uh, office to home now home to office or probably what's going to be is home to hybrid bit of both and when you go from no travel to starting to have more travel you start to see those patterns shift considerably and that's where if you are not professionally managing those costs for mobility for phones even for your software applications uh, and 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 your, the, the the appropriateness of the bandwidth you have into physical locations that you own, what you'll find is you are constantly either underbuying and causing service issues, or you're overbuying and overspending on services that you're not using. Um, so it really kind of it 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 pushes CIOs and CPOs to really start to think about their spend in a different way and say, how much of my IT spend is aligned with individual employees? And how do I look at the total investment I'm making per employee in those tools and those capabilities? And how do I manage that so that as the employee's needs change, uh, we're still being efficient with our cost structure? Well, that makes total sense. And even though while it makes total sense, I know how difficult it is, as you know, both of us were in corporate, that you have your full time employees. And at you know one point, we'd have uh, contingent, contingent employees, and you would have a mixture. And now we're, we're dealing with something we've never seen before. So I know that a, you know, some of the offerings that you're discussing would be absolutely essential for a number of our peers in the space and uh, you know that's why you know now generally speaking not just to you but to everybody out there that's why you know just for total transparency jamie and i have talked about this and i come across a number of different offerings from a number of corporate domain leaders and independent consultants throughout the year and i got to tell you what jamie is able to do and what i've seen the value of what his organization brings is phenomenal because if we don't get a handle on how we address the return on investment in terms of resources and return on assets uh, going into a blended model in the next 12 months, the companies and the whole organization will be hemorrhaging. So, uh, you know, whether it's reaching out to Jamie directly, or if you need to, you know, how to reach out to me, uh, I can put you in touch with Jamie because uh, they do an amazing job of assessing the space. So Jamie, Fast forward three, five years, what do you see for the technology space? What is it that none of us are thinking about that we should be thinking about? 
Yeah, it's 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 going to continue to to explode. Um, finding talent within the IT and sourcing sector, as, as well as the IT and technology sector, is going to continue to be a challenge. Uh, corporations are are are, are competing for um, a, a smaller group of of workers than are than the demand is in that space. So I think that you're going to continue to see that. Um, you are going to also see the uh, explosion of IoT, particularly in manufacturing and in uh, folks who are selling goods and services out to the marketplace, any type of electronic goods and services or machinery is going to be IoT enabled. Um, that creates special challenges for corporations, uh, oftentimes because there is a corporate asset, that IoT device that's embedded within each one of those devices or machines or product that you sell. And it's going to be important for IT leaders to figure out how, and, and, the, and the time is right now, figure out how you're going to manage those assets. How are you going to capture them? How are you going to look at the cost associated with them? Because many of them have a recurring monthly cost for monitoring uh, or maintenance. How are you going to capture that? How are you going to understand what you've deployed out in the marketplace, particularly in that IoT space, you have projects, sometimes a, a large manufacturing company might have 20 projects going on at the same time, led by different teams and different organizations and different business units. But at the end of the day, they're all going to need similar monitoring services and they're all going to need similar uh, asset management and inventorying of that uh, those devices. So I think these are areas, again, you're going to find that you're going to have to take that those rare resources you've been able to recruit and groom within your organization that know how to go out and source technology. You're going to have to focus them on the most critical aspects of your business. Focus them on your cloud services. Focus them on your security services. Focus them on application, application development, your CRM, your HR systems, you need to have a focus there. And then you have to look at your, your business to say, what pieces of my business are ones that would be better served with the assistance of a third party who is bullet focused on that particular area, like your mobile management or like your procurement of your, um, your wireline circuits uh, and, and decide which pieces again you, you do yourself and which pieces can be done more effectively with the help of a third party. And I think what people will find is that there's by offloading some of those um, less customized type services to specialists who focus effectively on that, they're going to get savings and they're going to free up the, the thing they have the least of, which is uh, the time of, of the right professionals to be involved in the most critical projects. Makes total sense. You know, now <laughs> the, you and I both know that uh, as, as we move forward in this type of uh, environment, the com companies can't do this by themselves. I mean, they have to be open on partnering and staying to their core while they partner with companies like IT Diversity and others to help them get over the hump. And I know we've talked a lot of uh, shops, so uh, what have you been doing to enjoy yourself during the pandemic, my friend? Well, 
you know, it's been busy, right? Because we, we really launched IT diversity in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and I've been involved with a few launches, uh, launched a business called Last Mile Connections in the wake of the 9-11 um, attacks in New York City and launched that business uh, literally uh, down the street a block away um, after 9-11. So launching IT diversity, you know, in this pandemic mode is really where a lot of our team's time has been focused. We've got a great leader in Nieves and um, she's been able to um, manage all of the corporate uh, development and corporate um, functions and allow me to stay very focused on the products and, and meeting with the customers and finding those solutions. So it's been pretty busy. Um, uh, there was a couple rounds of golf here and there. And, uh, and, and I, and, and I did take, we did take our first trip in a year and, and leave the state of North Carolina, went down to Florida uh, last week and it was a great, great respite for the moment. But uh, we're really, really razor focused on helping people. Uh, there's just uh, people are getting so busy right now, and uh, they're coming to us for a lot of, a lot of help and assistance. And uh, quite frankly, it's it's a real it's a real fun job. So I don't mind putting the hours in to make it happen. Yeah, being humble, but I know that there's been more than a couple rounds of golf there. I'm not I'm not buying <laughs> that one, buddy. I'm, I've seen pictures of where you live, my friend. No, no, it's uh, it, 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 you know. It, and hopefully when uh, things uh, quiet down, you won't mind somebody coming out there with a 35 handicap, uh, you know, just basically destroying your course as long as you're okay with that. I, I completely welcome somebody to help me destroy my course because I've been in it for, for a long time now. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but yes, we can, we can, we can dare to, to dream of, of, a, of, a, of a better day. But, but anyway, you know, it, it's, it, we, I am looking forward to, uh, you know, I just, we just went with a customer yesterday and uh, folks were starting to see vaccines on their horizon. Yeah. And um, so we were starting to like, in de- you know plan to get together you know in may or so and get you know at a live meeting with the you know get up get a whiteboard start putting some ideas down and so forth uh and you could just see people are chomping at the bit so it it is going to get a little crazy um as as people go back to work but um at the same time in many ways it's been a huge blessing you know when you're starting the business and i've done this we've done this a few times now and the the pandemic in many ways has made a lot of professionals much more willing to engage and much more accessible uh, through through Zoom and through these collaborative sessions on Clubhouse and and Slack, and I th- I think it's going to change the dynamic for a long time, um, and and I think it's also we, we've answered the question is is can America be productive without being in an office and I think. There's very few holdouts that that don't think that that was something that we saw in this in this situation in this challenge. Yeah, I'd say it's. I think we've proven the fact that uh, people can be productive at home. I think the jury is still out whether the kids can be productive at home versus face to face. I think that's an entirely different discussion for a different day. We'll have to see if uh, IT and technology can help us better. Uh, solve that chasm yeah absolutely and, and i think i think the biggest thing here is we've seen look companies have, were prepared 
but they had the systems that had the e-signature systems like 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 a you know Adobe and DocuSign, ones that had uh, digitization in place in terms of their processes, ones that um, had created standard work. Uh, the ones that are prepared the most really did did the best during the pandemic because they were able to move to a different environment and and really not lose a lot of efficiency and maybe even pick up efficiency. Um, firms that, that have not been investing in their back office, in their digitization, their transformation, um, were ones that, that struggled. And, and those areas of the supply chain um, that were not prepared, really, it, it showed uh, pretty quickly. Um, and all of a sudden, we live in a world where um, everybody knows the word supply chain. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they, they want to know why they're not getting what they're getting on time why the price of something is higher um, and, and firms who've demonstrated that they have strong supply chains are benefiting, you know, in this marketplace. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, Jamie, I, I know our time is uh, coming up. Thank you so much for joining today. I, I know our audience is going to be taking home a, just a, a laundry list of items to address, but mainly how they, you know, for the people that are going back to work and have to really pay attention how they're going to cut costs and stay efficiently and take a look at a, a lever of cost by, by employee. I think you've graved some great nuggets. So thank you so much for joining. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to be here. And of course, uh, follow me on LinkedIn, reach out to us through itdiversity.net. Uh, join us on Clubhouse Wednesdays at 12 noon Eastern time. Uh, and if you're a buy-side professional, join Procurement Foundry and, and uh, let's get together on IT Roundtable as well. Well, you guys heard it. Jamie is not hard to get a hold of. You just turn on Clubhouse, turn on Procurement Foundry, probably turn on your TV. You'll see him somewhere. Thanks again to Jamie Martino. Uh, and thanks again for everybody joining us at Procurement Innovation 2021, brought to you by GoProcure. And we look forward to connecting with everybody real soon. Thank you, everyone, and have a great day. 